Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily will have to answer for the body and blood of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, my pal from Rockville Center, New York, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Deacon. How's everything? Everything's good, and I'm very glad you suggested this topic. It's been in the news a lot lately, you know, because of the recent Bishop's Conference and the statement by the president to the press. Who can receive Holy Communion, or what is the proper manner of receiving Holy Communion? So how do you want to start this, Frank? Well, the first thing I want to say is we today, tonight, are just going to state what the teachings of the church are, um, you know, and what the what the conditions uh, are that have to be met in order to receive worthily. And the first one is you have to be baptized, right? The second one, you have to be in the state of grace. And the third one is you have to meet the fasting requirement, which, as as we know, is is one hour. That's easy. One hour. Okay. Right, right. But the, 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 the key one here is, I think, the state of grace, right? You can't be in mortal sin. You cannot reject the core teachings, the moral teachings of the Catholic Church and, and receive because well, you're you, know, right. you bring condemnation on yourself when you do that. I mean, um, that's what St. Paul said in the, in the Bible. Right. And a mortal sin is a grave action committed with full knowledge and consent of the sinner. So if, if if you have done such a, an act, obviously you can't receive. But a couple of things. First of all, many people do not believe in the real presence of Christ. We've said that before. Right. Second, many people no longer go to confession, so they don't examine their conscience on any kind of regular basis. And third, many Catholics find themselves believing, or they decide to believe in things that are opposed to church teaching, like abortion or same-sex marriage. And they still feel comfortable receiving communion when coming to Mass. So our shared sense of reverence of the Eucharist is really been damaged. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think that the, the, the point about the politicians bringing this to light, it's really a good thing because they're not the only ones doing this. There are a lot of sacrilegious communions every day throughout the world because people don't really understand what mortal sin is and what it does. Now, if you do, if you do disagree with these dogmas of the church that can't be changed, they're, they're, they're immutable, they're non-negotiable, they're not going to be changed, then don't receive and, and, and find out what the church teaches and why the church teaches what it does. I think people have to become more educated as to what mortal sin is and what it does. Well, we've said this before that uh, we have Catholics who accept the teachings of the church and Catholics who do not accept the teachings of the church. If you do not accept the teachings of the church, you are not in communion with the Pope and with the bishop, and with your pastor, uh, and with the living body of Christ. You, and therefore, you should not present yourself for Holy Communion. Remember, nobody's standing outside the church blocking anybody, and no one is standing at the altar uh, checking identification and so on. It's ridiculous. It's up to the individual. I think some Catholics hope that this Pope will bring change, or that he secretly agrees with them. But I'm here to tell you that he cannot, as you just said, and will not change the teachings on abortion. And they, he just recently stated uh, publicly that the church cannot bless same-sex unions. And one Catholic lawyer I know said that since the church has changed or modified, like the teaching on capital punishment, for example, 
then that means logically that every teaching of the church is potentially up for grabs. But that's just a rationalization, and that's not true faith. No, that that is something that can't happen. And and, and bishops, no matter what a, a bishop says, unless he's unless he's teaching church dogma, he can be wrong too. I mean, there's there's been bad bishops, there's been bad popes, like I said, but they cannot change uh, change these teachings. But they, they've kind of politicized this thing and. You know, nothing is independent of God, including politics. We're Catholics first and foremost. Our fundamental identity is really to be one with Christ. But people are more aligned with political parties than with the teachings of the church. And once again, we're not, you know, we're not, this isn't the gospel of Frank and Deacon John. These are um, what the church teaches. It's almost like if you call yourself a devout husband, and you're having an adulterous affair. I mean, you can call yourself devout husband all you want, but you're not a devout husband. And in this case, if you if if, if you are pro-choice or you know you approve of abortion and don't change your view, you're like doubling down on it, right? It's like it's like the guy not only is having an affair and his wife knows, but he's having a lot of them. Well, he, he can't be devout. And that, and, that person is not in communion with, with his, his wife. wife. Yes. Well, take, I'll take the example of your favorite guy, Thomas More. He refused to sign the act of succession, which would have effectively made the king of England the head of the church. His daughter comes to him in prison and begs him, just sign the petition publicly, she says. And then you hold fast in your heart to what you truly believe. He said, what I hold in my heart and what I say out loud are one and the same. It's I who say and believe. So for anyone to say that they hold strong beliefs in something and then actively work to harm or oppose that belief is not a man for all seasons. And again, he should not present himself at the altar for Holy Communion. No, it's offensive to God to receive in, in, in mortal sin. And this is the point that we're trying, that we're trying to get across. Um, and it's, and it, is, it is brought to the forefront by what's happened but the fact of the matter is whether you believe in the real presence or not, whether you believe in this or not, it, it's fact. It is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. That's what we believe as Catholics. It's like not believing in, in gravity. You cannot believe in gravity all you want, but if you jump off a building, you're going to feel the effects of it. Well, it's the same thing with sin. And absolutely, you know, grave sin requires grave penance. And like you said, we're all sinners. And, and the Eucharist does remedy that. But if you're, if you're non-repentant, you know, Christ is absolutely merciful, but he's absolutely just as well. And we can't forget that. Well, you, you, I know what you're saying. We've heard it said that communion is not just for the righteous, that, that Jesus didn't come to call just the righteous, but sinners. We are all sinners, and we proclaim our unworthiness at every Mass. But to want to receive him in Holy Communion, you have to have a repentant heart. Lord, have mercy, and then he will, he will bestow that mercy on you. Yeah, not only that, but it's two ways, right? We, we say we receive communion, right? But, but you have to give something, too. And giving, the giving is living in accordance with what Christ teaches. And, I mean, you said you do a lot of funerals and you do a lot of weddings and stuff. They, you see people coming up there to receive, like they're coming up to receive a cupcake, it's kind of a shame because obviously the person comes to a funeral and they're at mass. They haven't been in church in a couple of years, it seems. They don't even know when to stand or sit. And yet when it's time for communion, they just get in line and just come marching right up. So that's kind of a painful thing. But look, 
let's point this out. Who is the one to say this to the Catholic people or to the public figures? It's the bishops, and they're right. the shepherds of the church. Yes. The purpose of the church is to help usher people into eternal life with God, and the shepherds are our teachers. When they come out with this letter in November, which will hopefully restate and clarify what we're talking about here today for everybody, they're going to be, Frank, bombarded with criticism from every side. They're already being challenged. And remember, right. they cut off Bishop John Fisher's head when he when he challenged the king, and so they, to Thomas More's. And we now honor those men as saints in heaven. So I think somebody's going to have to suffer this fall uh, in the episcopate. No, you're you're absolutely right. But like we said, you know, um, you know, we travel ten thousand roads in life, right? And but but they all end, and in the end, you're going to see two faces: one of Christ and one of Satan, and and one of them is going to say, "Mine." You know, my advice is to examine your conscience, get the confession and find out what the church really teaches, because th it, this is serious business. And that's why I wanted to bring this topic up, because it, like I said, it's in the news. It's brought to the forefront. More and more people talk about it, and I think that we that we knocked it out tonight, uh, you know, pretty good. Yes. And finally, Frank, as fully formed adults now, we have to try to relearn or recapture uh, the sense of wonder and the sense of majesty in the Eucharist. And remember, you know, Jesus at one point said, unless you turn and become like one of these children, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And when we prepare young children for their first Holy Communion, we tell them that they have now reached the age of reason. They know the difference between right and wrong. And to prepare to receive Jesus properly they now have to examine their conscience, make their first penance, and tell God that they're truly sorry for the sins they may have committed, so that they may really be ready to receive Jesus into their, into their bodies, into their minds, into their hearts and soul. And I think that's something that we should carry with us as we go forward, to receive Jesus like children. Exactly right. And, and once again, we always say, you can start right now. You know, you can start right now to, 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 to do this. Frank, I love you a lot, and uh, I want you to continue to go receive Holy Communion every day, as I know you do. Uh, folks, uh, like us and follow us. Send us an email, too, at uh, anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. I will talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, my buddy. Talk to you soon. God bless, Deacon. Thanks.